Before we begin, um, uh, we're in a a series called Hard Questions, and I just want to quickly address um, something that came out of last week. Uh, If you missed last week's sermon, it's on the podcast. Um, Thanks for the the great feedback. I received some, um, yeah, some positive feedback. Well, I... I hardly receive any feedback anyway, but that was uh, received some good feedback. Um, last week we did ask the question, does God hate homosexuals? And the answer was no, he does not. He, he hates homosexuality, but he doesn't hate the homosexual person. Um, someone asked me, what do we do? What do we do when we are faced in that situation of where we have to minister um, to a person that is struggling with with homosexual desire, and and I just want to say, look, as a church, we are also connected to um, psychologists. We are also connected to counselors, professional counselors, professional psychologists, where we can connect you through to them to be able to work through some of these things. Because uh, one of the realities is that um, even as pastors, we're, we're not professionally trained in that field. Okay, I can give you my opinion. And you know, it's you know, relatively well-educated, well-rounded opinion. But I am not trained. I'm not a trained psychologist nor trained counselor. But we do have people that are trained. And and if so, if you need that, we can connect you. Okay. So don't feel like one. Don't feel like you need to have all the answers for that person. And two, if you're on the other side, don't feel like um, that the church is you know just a whole bunch of non-educated people, but no, we, we are connected with the right people. So if you need help, please come and speak to us. Um, tonight, the final um, night in our hard question series, originally was going to be the question, if God is so good, why is there so much evil in this world? And that's a great question. And if you want an answer to that, you can YouTube that for yourself. Uh, we decided to change the question to this question, is technology good? Right? It might not be as hard hitting on the heart, but this is actually probably a, maybe the most relevant question out of all the ones we've asked. Is technology good? Is technology good? Okay? Uh, let's define technology. Technology is the application of knowledge to create useful things to solve problems or make life easier. Now, before, you know, automatically we think technology, we're talking about electronics. We're talking about TVs. We're talking about smartphones. We're, you know, but, but under this definition of technology, it's actually a very broad definition. Okay. The application of knowledge to create useful things to solve problems or make life easier. So, for example, okay, technology, uh, an example of technology that, that we probably didn't even think about is fire, the creation of fire, okay? Okay, we, we create fire, okay? Someone, you know, hit a few rocks together and they created a spark and put in kindling and that's how the fire came. And we use fire to keep ourselves warm, to cook food, okay? You know, to, to warm up water so you can have hot showers. Okay. Now, fire is technology. Now, so as I said, it, it's broad definition of technology. Okay. Okay. There's another term that I learned about three hours ago called modern technology. Okay. And that is what we talk about, like smartphones and electronics and things like that. Okay. So that's technology. Now, before we think that technology is uh, 
as I said, just a, a modern day concept or that to think that the Bible is anti-technology because I've heard this. I've heard this. Someone say, you know, the Bible, God is not for technology. God is for, for natural creation and, and he's not about it. No, 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 no. Okay? If we actually go back to scripture, technology is all through the scripture. Because it is just the application of knowledge to create useful things to solve problems or make life easier. Okay, here's some examples. Okay, Cain built a city, Genesis 4, 17. Now, before the city was built, how did everyone live? Just in their huts, right? House, 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 farm, hut, whatever, right? And someone says, hey, wait a minute. Let's bring everyone together, okay? Hey, you, come, move here. Hey, you, hey, move here. And so they built what they call a city. And how convenient is a city, right? Everyone's close to each other. All the resources are close to each other, okay? Uh, we, we see things that are made out of bronze and iron, whether that be tools for farming, whether that be weapons. Okay, this is all technology. Noah built an ark. Okay, a boat is technology, okay? Uh, the Tower of Babel is technology. Solomon built a temple technology. Jesus used tools as a carpenter. And Paul used letters. Now, paper Pen, letters is all technology under the definition of the application of knowledge to make life easier. The Bible is full of technology. Okay, just because it's got no LG or Samsung in there does not mean the Bible is anti-technology. All these things were invented to solve problems. Actually, one of the reasons why Christianity is where it is today is because of technology. And the, and the example of it is, is, is the invention of the printing press. This is called the Gutenberg printing press. This was created by Johann Gutenberg in 1455. This was the first printing press. Now, before the printing press, right, how did documents get transferred? Some poor sucker right? He's just writing it out for himself, right? He's writing out a copy of the Bible. Now, you imagine, right, how long it would take to write out a copy of the Bible. They, they said that, that you might get through the Bible once in a year, right? And then you have to sell that, right? But when the printing press came in, the Bible was one of the first books that got on this, and therefore, it got to spread mass production. And that's one of the reasons why the, the, the Christianity has spread so well, is because of technology. Now, is technology good? Well, historic benefits of technology include, uh, sorry, we found, a, we found a typo in this, a decrease in infant mortality. Because <laughs> that's not a benefit, a decrease in infant morality. That's a decrease. That should be on the other slide, actually. Okay, you know, in Korean tradition, um, you know, most traditions would celebrate, um, what are we celebrating? Birthdays, right? We celebrate birthdays, right? But in Korean tradition, there's, there's a, a birthday called the 100-day birthday, right? And, and, and we celebrate that. And the reason is because historically, kids did not make it 100 days. And so if the kid made it, past the 100 days, then you would say, oh, that kid's going to live, right? Now, obviously, in our day and age, it doesn't, it's not as simple as that. Or not, not as simple, it's not as bad as that. You know, usually if a kid's born, they'll usually live. It's very unique that a child would not live. But that's because technology has gotten better, right? Increase in life expectancy. Increase in access to clean water. 
greater access to education, improvement in transportation, and ability to connect with anyone, anywhere, at any time. These are historically the benefits of technology that we all, whether you know it or not, we all have enjoyed. Like, how did you get to church today? Nobody, well, unless you live really close, nobody walked, right? No one caught their horse, you know? No one had to ride a bicycle in, right? Well, even that is technology, but you know, we, we all benefit from that. So we look at this list and we think to ourselves, is technology good or is it bad? And we kind of think, well, technology, is, it can't be bad if kids are living longer and people are living longer and we have clean water. It can't be bad, right? But the, but the thing is, with the good things that technology has brought along, it has also brought along negative things too, right? So some of the things that the negative, the historical damage of technology, dynamite, right? Someone created dynamite because they want a fireworks, and then someone went, oh, let's put it in some metal, and let's put a little bullet at the front of it, and bang, you got guns. Right? We're not, you know, no one's celebrating guns. What about chemicals, right? People discover chemicals by mixing, you know, this and that, and, and, and you know, for, for various different uses, and then someone said, oh, yeah, well, why don't we make that a weapon? You know? We celebrate the technology of cars, but we don't really celebrate pollution or global warming or the hole in the ozone, which just happens to be above our heads. This is a quote, turning off mobile phones and avoiding the internet can leave people suffering from symptoms similar to those seen in drug addicts trying to go cold turkey. This is a phenomenon to do with our generation more so. Now, there was a paper that was written two years ago um, by a, a semi-famous scholar, and he, and he did a study on uh, technology um, and, um, and, and creation. And this is what this uh, man says. He says, modern technology <laughs> tends to disconnect us to the natural world. This is, is I, I said it was 2018, but I think it was earlier than that, 2017. Um, this is our brother, David Penn. He, he actually did a subject um, talking about creation and, 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 and technology and the influence of it. And he, and he spent six days on a boat with no phone. And, and this was his um, reflection paper. If you want the whole thing, you can ask him. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Very interesting. I read it again last night. It's very interesting. Put me to sleep. Jokes. Jokes. <laughs> Is technology good? If you weigh it up, the answer is yes and no. Are we going to leave the phone up there? Is that, is that distracting? I feel like. Is technology good? It's yes and no, because of course there are good things. Like even just in this setup, my microphone, you know, the speakers, the this and this and this and everything, they're all good stuff. But there's also negative things that come along with the technology. So it's hard for us to actually say, is technology good or is it bad? You know, on one hand, technology solved numerous problems around the world. And on the other hand, technology was used to create more problems. Like that. <laughs> to say technology is evil is wrong because technology actually comes from God's creation. The combination of the raw materials 
that God created with the minds that God has given us and the creativity that God has given us has allowed for many advances in the world for good. But with the brokenness and the sinfulness and the fallen nature of man, we have been able to take something that is meant to be good and we have ruined it. And we have used it for selfish gain and ungodly desires. So the question of, is technology good? The answer is yes and no. I want to go one more step further. One of the advances of technology, one of the consequences of technology that we, most of us would be heavily involved in uh, is the development of social media. Now, social media is media that is used to connect people. Your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your blogs. What? what? I've got like year six kids telling me, what, what's it called these days? Snapchat, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Snapchat's still a thing. <laughs> Mate, go back to your Zanga. Zang- anyone know what a Zanga is? Yeah, right. What? Bebo. Bebo, MSN Messenger, ICQ, MIRC. Are we going too far back now? Okay. Did anyone have a tracker? Did anyone grow up with a tracker? You guys don't even know what a tracker is, right? Ankle bracelet. No, that's different, mate. That's, <laughs> that's technology used for the right reasons. The, the development of social media has completely changed our generation. It's changed the way we think. It's changed the way our brains function. It's literally changed the way our brains function. Now, before I rag on social media, there are positives to do with social media, right? And they're around these two words, connection and communication. Social media has allowed us to connect with people and interact with people and also has increased our ability to communicate. For example, this... um, you know, we, we record our podcast and our podcast goes live and it goes through our website and comes out on our Facebook and someone in Norway can listen to my voice as they go to sleep at night to put them to sleep, you know? <laughs> but the negatives of social media aren't that great and they're around two other words, comparison and consumption. You know? You always thought what you were going to eat was good until you saw that guy in Norway eating his meal, which looked so much better, and you thought, oh my gosh, my meal sucks compared to him. Or you were so hungry, you sat on YouTube and watched 15 hours of people eating food. That's consumption. That's consumerism. Video after video. Now, To put it sort of in a a little bit of a bigger picture about how we need to understand this is, they say it takes about 70 70 years for humanity to learn the the real consequences of the advancements of technology. 70 years, okay? Right? So what's tough is um, the internet, social media has only been around, say, 20-odd years. Okay, well, internet's about 20 years, social media's about 10 or something like that, right? So we actually don't know the full effect of the positives and the negatives of social media and technology, right? But even in the 20 years, the research is starting to come through. And look, there's good research and then there's bad research too, okay? 
and we need to, you know, be smart about it. Like smoking, right? You know, when smoking first came out, right? Smoking cigarettes, right? It was on. It was like, you know, it was like the smartest thing to do. It was like the coolest. It wasn't even just the coolest thing. It was like the healthiest thing to do. Go and have a smoke, right? And obviously, seventy years have passed, and someone's gone. Mm, that's really not the greatest idea. But it took that long. So with technology and social media, it's the same thing. You know, we're actually not going to understand the full extent of it. Even mobile phones, we're not going to understand the full extent of the, the, the positives and the negatives of this technology until later in life. Okay? And you need to understand that in the context. Before we go on to like whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because I'm going to say, social media, exactly like technology, there's good and there's bad. Right? There's good and bad. But the problem is this, okay, and this is where we want to go tonight. The problem with technology and social media is that it has become so big and it has become so important that us in the Western world have become reliant and dependent on social media. Our identity now comes from what we post and how many likes we get. Our source of truth comes from google.com. What we wake up for in the morning is not, I'm going to go out there and live my life and win the world. You wake up just to check who posted what last night. Technology and social media have grown bigger and bigger in our lives to the points where they, are, they have reached God's status. And they have become, uh, and, then, and, 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 and because they are there, we have become addicted to the worship of technology and social media. And this addiction to social media and technology is called idolatry. Idolatry is the image worship of or divine honor paid to any created object. Idolatry does not have to involve statues and temples like it did in the Old Testament. You know, biblical times, people ran to pagan temples to worship pagan gods. They, they, they practiced in pagan um, religious activities. They bowed down to wooden statues in that lifetime. But in our generation, anything that is not God that we are running to, that is idolatry. Instead of running to God, we run to the internet. Instead of being concerned about what God thinks about me, we care more about what Instagram thinks about me. Instead of spending time with God in intimate, deep relationship, the first thing we do and the last thing we do every day is to spend time on our phones. Now really think about this. Who are you worshipping? What is the most important thing in your life? And I promise you, if we're honest, and there is, there is a range, but for many of us, if we're honest, we, are, we worship social media and technology more than we worship God. Idolatry. God spells this out in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 to 6. This is in the Ten Commandments. And he says this, you shall have no other gods before me. That's what God says. 
So you shall not have, you shall not, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. God makes it very clear that any affection or any worship that is not for him and for something else is idolatry and is unacceptable to God. It's unacceptable to God. Anything that takes higher priority, anything that fights for that worship, that attention that we give, is idolatry. Friends, technology is not the problem. Social media is not the problem. The problem is us. The problem is is that we're our own enemies. We're making these choices. We choose technology and social media over our trust and reliance on God. We have made technology and social media our idols. We have made them our gods, but this is not acceptable in God's eyes. Psalm 135, 15 to 18, the idols of the nations are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, they have ears but cannot hear, nor their breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. That's what happens when you worship idols, you become like the idol. One interesting article that I came across while reading through and doing research this week was Steve Jobs, the creator of Apple. He created the iPhone, he created the iPad. But you know what's interesting? He never let his kids play on the iPad. He never let his kids play on the iPad. Interesting, right? You know, there's a saying, never trust a skinny chef. Ever heard that one? I made that one up. You know, you would never trust a skinny chef, right? Because it's like they don't believe in what they're cooking, right? But Steve Jobs never gave his own kids an iPad, his own creation. Why? And people, you know, they guesstimate on this stuff and they think that, well, he he just knew. He just knew the addictive nature of it. He knew that technology wasn't the issue, but what it could become was the issue. The problem is we think that technology is the solution to everything. That when we have technology, all of our problems will be fixed. If we're on social media, then all of our issues will be taken care of. But the reality is this. Technology and social media are tools, not positive, not negative, that are man-made. They are not God and they will never be. So actually the question tonight we're asking is not, is technology good? But to you, is technology God? Is it God to you? Five possible signs that social media has become an idol in your life. Number one, you check social media first thing in the morning. I thought, maybe we should make this a game and get everyone to stand up, but I don't want to embarrass anyone, right? There are a lot of people. You check social media. This is, this is, you know, this is one example of you know, 
Biological signs that social media has become an idol in your life. You check social media first thing in the morning. Number two, you browse the social media feed every moment. You have downtime throughout your day. Now, if you don't know what downtime is, it's any time in between anything else that you're doing. Okay, not when I'm preaching. That's not downtime. Okay, I'm just saying. Number three, you post multiple photos a day, many of them selfies. <laughs> Number four, you upload a photo and then you check your phone every three minutes to see how many likes you're getting. Number five, if you're unable to access your social media for a long period of time, you feel totally disconnected. <sighs> Here's confession time. I'm reading through this, right? I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading article after article. I'm reading... You know, I'm listening to podcast after podcast, right? And I'm monitoring and I'm thinking about my life. You know, as a, as a preacher, okay? You know, it's preacher confession time. Before I preach to you, I have to preach to myself, okay? Because that's ridiculous for me to convey information to you and I disconnect myself from that. You know, that, that's ridiculous. You, 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 would, you would say that you're a horrible pastor, Right? So before I preach to you, I preach to myself. And there are times, not that many times, but there are times where, as a preacher, you worry about what you're about to preach because you are heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the topic matter. Right? So here's my confession. My realization, acknowledgement, and confession of sin. Hi, my name's Stephen, and I am absolutely addicted to my phone. Absolutely. Minus the selfie thing, right? Because that one's too obvious, right? If I start putting selfies, everyone's going, oh, Steve, you can do social media, right? I'm smarter than that. I do all the other stuff. I'm writing my sermon. I kid you not. I'm typing my sermon, and every few minutes, um, i got my phone next to me, and I'm scrolling down going, whew, I wonder who posted what on Instagram. Every few minutes, right? Now, I, I think I am on the, you know, one of the more extreme sides and cases. But I know I'm preaching to some of you tonight. I know because I can just go on my Instagram and I know who's there, right? Oh, man, it, it, it's, it's a hard realization, right? You know, people go, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm addicted to drugs. And people are like, oh, man, you need help. I'm, a drink, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to alcohol. Oh, man, you need to go and get help. I'm addicted to social media. You're an idiot. You know, like, for some reason, the, the, the reaction is different. And this is the part that I'm telling you, we don't know. We don't completely know the effects of social media and technology yet, but we're starting to see some of it. Without technology and without social media, we feel like we have nothing. Let me give you a visual example of what I mean. All right. So I have my phone and I have the Bible. All right. My friend did this a few years ago. I thought it was interesting. When you wake up in the morning, what are you looking for? Don't answer me. These are rhetorical questions. Okay? When you wake up in the morning, 
What is more important for you to find? God's word? Or who posted what during the night time? Right? You get into trouble in your heart. You go on through stressful times in your life. What are you going to go for? You're going to go to God's word? Or you're going to go to Google? You're going through stress, ridiculous amounts of stress, overbearing stress. What do you go for? God's word or medication through YouTube binging? Be honest. I am. I'm being completely honest to you. The problem is, for some of us, we don't even think it's a problem. I'm telling you now, social media and technology, as it's not a good or bad thing, we have made it an idol. We have. So, if we finish there, then we'd all be depressed and then <laughs> go home and watch YouTube videos to medicate ourselves, right? So what do we do? What do we do? How do we work this out? Now, for some of you, okay, proviso. For some of you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay, you still own a Nokia. Okay, you, you still don't know what a smartphone is because you think all phones are smart. Okay, that's fine. Please continue to praise the Lord and still read your King James Version of the Bible. Okay, but for the rest of us, what do we do? What do we do? You know, some of you, you can't live without technology. You can't go to work without technology. Right? Some of you physically cannot do the work that you're doing right now without tech. You would be without a job, without modern technology. And so please hear me. I'm, nowhere in this sermon am I saying is technology good or bad. But when it takes precedence, when it becomes as important or more important than God, then that's a problem because that's idolatry and that's sin. That's sin. So what do we do? The solution is this. The theoretical solution is this, and then the practical will come later. You need to know their place. You need to know their place. This is really important. You need to know where the place of technology and social media exist in your life. You need to be in control of that, or they will be in control of you. If you are not in control of your screen time, if you are not in control of, of what you watch or what you don't watch or the time or, or, or how many days or the frequency, if you are not in control of that, then 100% they are in control of you. It's like parenting. It's like kids, right? If you are not in control of your kids, then they're in control of you. It's so funny, right? Watching this like two-year-old kid completely rule the parents. Right, they, like this two-year-old kid can't even wipe his butt, telling what the parent, you know, telling the parents to do this and do that, and the parents just run behind and do. This. And and I watch this and I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 who's the parent here? Who's the thirty-year-old parent here that should know thirty years of wisdom and knowledge to be able to make and draw the right boundaries? But here's the thing: same thing with technology. You don't control it; it's going to control you. You need to know their place. If you put or if you leave technology front and center in your life, then they are your idols. 100%.
you will go to that altar every day. If you're worshipping technology, then you're definitely not worshipping God. If, if technology and social media is getting the best and the first and the last of your day, then that means God is not. It's as simple as that. Technology and social media are tools, tools that were given to us so that we can use them for God and God's purposes. You know, social media and technology can be used for amazing things for the kingdom of God. If we let them be, if we put them in that place, but if we don't, then like a weed, it will outrun and outgrow us. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And if I was to contextualize that verse into our topic, how you use technology, how you use social media, do it all for the glory of God. That's the question you need to ask yourself. Am I using this for the glory of God? The way we use technology or the way we interact, are we really doing this for the glory of God? Or have we made them our gods? This is a very serious, serious, serious conversation, especially in this time, in, in this time of history. We need to have a serious think about this. And, and if we come to the conclusion, which is going to be a lot of us, that technology and social media has taken over our lives or has become more important than God, then we need to make changes. We need to make changes. You know, I've been talking to my wife about this and we have a sit-down conversation to talk about the core values of our family. What are the important things in our family? Now, where does technology fit in that in our family? If you want more practical things, like there, there is so much research online, so many podcasts about it. I definitely encourage you to use and go there and listen to that. If we put God front and center, then everything else goes to the side. The best form of uh, defense is offense. Put God front and center. And then social media and technology will have no choice but to sit on the side. But if God is not front and center, then all the idols will start coming in. They'll all try to take that place. God demands our full attention and our best, not our scraps. God deserves better than your leftovers. Wake up, sit on Facebook for an hour, and then go to God. You think God would be impressed with that? Try that with your kids. Try that in your marriage. Not going to work out. Jesus came to die on the cross for your sin. No amount of technology or social media can do anything even close to that. And that's why God is who he is. Technology may be good. It's definitely not God. So let's make sure that we know the place of technology. Let's pray.